Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. So this morning, we're focused on doubt, and I'm going to introduce our pastoral staff to to you in case you don't know who they are. Again, my name is Tim. I'm the associate pastor. Yay. And it's just going to get bigger as we go along, I'm sure. So Kyle, Kyle is our executive pastor. Next, we have Jason, who is our Next Steps pastor. Boom, roasted. (laughs) And then we have Derek, our creative pastor. Derek is also in charge of the team that does the sound. (laughs) That is manipulation of your authority. Yes. Okay, so like I said, we had, uh, you guys submitted questions and, and we're going to tackle the, the most significant one right off the bat. The first and most significant question is, I have my doubt about dinosaurs being real but not being in the Bible. Why would they be omitted? Let me just tell you, dinosaurs are real and we've got one here for you today. Oh, I swear that camera was going down. No, wait for it. There's going to be a clothesline. Oh! First service, the dinosaur went. Okay, so that's that's just a good goof and a joke. But um, So we're not going to get too far down the the discussion on dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are real. Now, now the the perspective that you can take on them or, or when they existed or how they died out, that... That, that that's, that's like open for conversation, that depending on where you stand as far as how creation plays out, if you're a young earther, if you're an old earther, if, you know, that, that there's these different perspectives, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of decide how, where you stand on that. You know, scripturally, if we look at, in scripture, behemoth and leviathan are, could, could be seen as descriptions of, of dinosaurs, that the, the descriptions that they, that they, make, they make there are, are, are significant and not really tied to any other animal that we can think of. And and, and then from another perspective is that, that, that because it's not in the Bible doesn't mean that it wasn't real, that the, because the Bible doesn't speak to it. The, the Bible doesn't speak to giraffes, and yet we see giraffes in all of Noah's Ark's pictures, right? But, but there's, no, there's, no, there's no scriptural reference to giraffes. There's also no scriptural reference to house cats, that, uh, that there's a lion and a leopard, but there's no house cats. And I was reading some things where they, they said, well, there's no house cats in Scripture because they're evil. Um, <laughs> That, they're, that they, they have to do with Satan. It's like, uh, they're not that evil. But, but I, I just want to say that, that like some, of the, some of those subjects that, that, I'm, that I'm hoping that's not like a significant doubt in challenging your, in your faith in God, but, but, the, but they're fun for conversations. And, and the answer to, to some of that stuff is just, I don't know. You know God's a creative God, and, and, he, and he's done some interesting stuff. And I'm not going to fully understand that. What I do know is that uh, dinosaurs have absolutely nothing to do with my salvation. That, that there, are, there are discussions that we can have regarding topics 
that, that are not necessarily salvation-based issues. So, so overall, I'm not, I'm not concerned about having those conversations. They don't weigh heavy on, 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 on my heart or, or my conscience. They're fun conversations, and there's some interesting ideas out there as to how it all played out. But uh, do you have something to say? You're looking at me like, I want to say something. I did. It just popped in my head. Um, I was thinking, too, uh, if, if you're interested in going back and looking at Genesis and a creation, I would challenge you to look at the relationship that is offered in there because of the world being created and how God created animals and everything and then created the humans to rule over everything. So you're looking at a relationship between humans to earth and that, that part of the kingdom and then the relationship between human to God. And so that way, you know, it's just it's a different uh, just perspective of it too and not just like a the day, the 24-hour day if you're really looking at that. So it's, re- it's very interesting, but it might shift some of how you feel because it's all about pointing you back to, to God and Jesus. Totally. Totally. So if, so if you were the dinosaur asking person, would love to have a conversation with you afterwards. We're going we're gonna to move over into uh, more of the pattern of the regular questions moving that, that we received, though. Uh, so so the, the next question that's going to start that conversation is, why do we doubt when we shouldn't? And, and, and so that's, a, that's, a, that's kind of a loaded question, but, but it's, the, the question is, like, so is, is doubt abnormal? Is, is, uh, have you guys experienced doubt? Is that something that's, that, that you've experienced in your life? Yeah, I think I'll go first, and uh, you know, I have the uh, incredible honor uh, to to lead our creative arts team here at Simple Church, and I'll let you in on a secret. As amazing as our musicians are, and our and our creators, and 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 all of that, there is no more people in this world who doubt more than creatives. And I have learned this firsthand with myself as an artist and, and a creative that that's that's basically our normal reaction. To everything is to doubt what we're doing and, and why we're doing it. And I know this goes for not just creatives, but across the board and. Um, and I'll say this, you know, there's, there's a, an author and an entrepreneur that I look up to a lot. His name is Erwin McManus, and, and he posts that as we go about our life and the situations that we come into break off pieces of us. And we get fractured and we get broken and we get strewn about in different places. Um, and it's only God who can take those broken pieces and, and put them back together into a beautiful mosaic that is the masterpiece of our lives. And, and nothing is more beautiful than when the light of God shines through that mosaic of us. Um, and I'll say that, so doubt is, is super normal. We all deal with doubt. I know me probably on a daily, um, that I deal with doubt, whether I'm good enough, whether what I'm doing is important enough, all these things go through my mind. And I know that at the end of the day that I can remember that I'm God's masterpiece and he's shining through me. And therefore any doubt that I have, it's, it's, it's unneeded, it's, unne- it's unnecessary. So for me, um, I, I, I don't struggle with doubt, but I also drink Christian water and watch Christian movies and I'm totally kidding. Doubt is normal. Doubt is normal. Doubt is, doubt will, will question, you'll start questioning and doubting your faith, but know that doubt is, doubt is not the absence of, of your faith. Doubt is 100% normal. We are imperfect, striving to be more like Jesus. Let's go back to Genesis again. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So what happened in the garden? Eve was approached by the serpent, right? And what happened? A moment of doubt. And the, the good thing about how God made us is that we're, we're reasoning beings. We're looking for rational and explanations of things. And so we're just created to seek out answers and stuff. And so this has been happening since the dawn of man and everything. Now it, it lands to like, 
what would have happened if she had not doubted what God had said to for them to do. But it's we're kind of we're made that way, so it's not abnormal to have that that moment of doubt. And, and you know, I'm familiar with with some of the, the 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 situations that people in our congregation are that that we can talk about. You know, I doubt whether or not I'm supposed to to be doing something if I'm supposed to participate in a certain ministry or or serve in a certain way. But then there's but then there's also like personal situations of of intense pain and suffering, of relational damage, of 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 just like radical turmoil that that can be going on in your in your life, and that that focused on that event, you just kind of like spiral and 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 you're and you're focusing on uh, on the event and not necessarily on God. That that the, the doubt can become overwhelming. The, the the feelings of so why am I in so much pain? Why uh, why is this area of suffering? Why why am I going through this? And and we'll get to, to God's timing later on. Like, but why is it? When's it going to end? Is it going to end? Are you really listening to me? And 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 we do really good at feeding that you know fe- feeding that mindset, feeding that self talk. And and it, and it's not just like us that feeds that self talk. What what kind of influence do? You, what are the influences that challenge you when you're in in places of doubt? So mine are are purely internal. So so I and this is I think it's pure. It's just it comes from you know just from past behaviors. But but it's I it's all internal. I doubt myself. I doubt my skills. Um, they're they're uh, even even worship. So I, so real talk. Um, I doubt that I am good enough for worship. To, to do vocals, but when when uh, when I hear other people that I trust, they, you know, they're they kind of they help me overcome that doubt. So a big one for me is listening to the wrong voices. And when I'm seated across the table from someone who's like, I don't think you can do this, and then we start letting that voice get into our head. I'm someone who um, want to seek approval from everybody. I want a collective partnership and stuff. And so when I start hearing those voices of doubt come through, that is genuinely hard and so then now it's overshadowed by what god says and you know even um even even recently we had this amazing opportunity to to have a women's conference and the raise your hand if you were there yesterday it was amazing um but in a in a moment two small seeds in a in quick conversation i doubt you can pull this off and i doubt you can do it now, hear me. I'm not someone who wants to go through planning things by myself and alone, so I never questioned that. But that small seed of doubt was, we're not going to be able to do this. I should cancel this. I should just table it until next year or maybe not ever. And when I tell you that I cried all day yesterday, not because it was like, oh, this happened. I honestly, I came in yesterday morning, swept the stage, and was praying, God, what will you have for me in this moment? And I felt like God was like, just set, just set the table because when you have somebody over you're setting the table, right? You're getting, you're getting ready for people to come and, and partake. And it was like to take care of the people that had planned, set the table for them so they don't come in stressed out, set the table for the women that are coming in here. And when I say it like a, cause I'm a visual person that I felt like the moment the doors opened, that God was just like, and breathed into that. I honestly meant it because my team left on Friday with some doubts that it was going to go well, doubts that it was going to look okay and stuff. And without God being 100% in that, I don't even know how it would have been pulled off, but that's why I cried all day. Also, it was a huge moment of my small moment of faithlessness 
could have overshouted all of God's faithfulness to what God can do. It worked out pretty good. It was a good, con- it was, I heard it was a pretty good conference. So, so for me, my, my, where I battle when it comes to doubt is uh, I'm an isolationist. So I isolate. I'll, I'll isolate myself from, from other people. And that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to isolate myself from people, but I'm going to hold in. My pattern is to, to, hold, to have my own self-talk, have my own stories, and not, and not share that, you know, not share where I'm struggling with that. That just like like Kyle spoke to the, to negative influences, my response is to to not provide positive opportunities for influence. That uh, that that I, that I know some of you, I know some of your stories, and that in the in the pain and suffering and doubt that you're struggling with, instead of opening up and reaching out, it's a retreat. If it's a physical retreat, if it's a relational retreat, that 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 is that is not where you want to be. That is not where I want to be. Um, but it takes but it takes discipline to step out of that, and and I know that 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 for me I desperately need other people in my life to to be able to look at me, smack me upside the head, and say, so what are you doing? What why are you thinking? Why are you behaving this way? That uh, that it, that a big part of the positive influence is the community that we are in. Good grief, you need to be in community, uh, whether it be with with people in this room on Sunday morning or in grow groups throughout the week or serving on a team. That there there are opportunities for you to to invest in other people's lives and allow them to invest in yours because the seeds of doubt, you know, all grow in, when we're on our own, when, when we don't have the right people speaking into our lives. Um, so, so, if, so, if, so if we all struggle with these, with these doubt issues, so what do you do to overcome, to overcome those doubts? What are, what, are some, what are some practical tools? What are the paths that you take to, to get yourself out of that, that place? I think the first one is obviously go to is go to God, pray about it. You know, most of the time the situation you're dealing with, the doubt that you're dealing with, is is something that you're um, again internalizing. And, and God has an incredible way of dropping little nuggets into your heart and into your mind and just telling you, hey, like it's gonna be okay. Just just get through it. Take those steps. Um, you know, I, I've got two main steps that I think I usually take. And the first one is just to have hope. You know, hope is a is a great combat. To, to doubt. If you have hope that the outcome is going to be what you want and what you have and what you need, there's, there's not a devil in hell that can, that can fight you from getting there because that hope that God's given you is going to be so much stronger. Um, and the second is just take a step. There's, I mean, there's so many little, uh, little words of encouragement. You see people talk about, you know, dip your toes in the water, you know, tend to sand, baby steps. It's the yo gabba gabba thing. It's try it. You'll like it. Take the tiniest little step forward towards what you want and that doubt will slowly start to just take a back seat and take another step and it just gets further back and take another step. And by the end of it, you've run full force into what it is you're, you're doubting and it, the doubt's way behind you. It's long gone. You, you fulfill what you're trying to do because you just went at it. Yeah, so, so like doubt, doubt's a default response, right? D- doubt is, is not a disciplined response. It's not something that we really have to work at to find ourselves wallowing in. But, but hope and joy and trust, those are all... Those are all disciplines that we need to be chasing after. And James 1.5 says, you know, if you, if you read James, love James. James just like hits you with a hammer. And, and right off the bat, he's focusing on doubt. You know, if you're, if you're, you, you want to be a doubter, you want to be that, that, that buoy floating in, in, in the ocean, just bouncing from wave to wave. But, but he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. And it will be given him. That, that, uh, 
the, the Derek is right. You know, the, the, the first step is like, so it, it really, a lot of it comes down to our relationship with, with God. That if, that if we don't understand him, if we don't know him, if, then, then trust and joy and, and hope are pretty much just like, well, what do they mean? They, they all mean something in him. And, and we get to, to get those better in our relationship with him, that you need to be in prayer, that you need to be in his word, you need to be in community, that these are all, these are all the tools. What that looks like for you in your personal walk, I don't know, but it's got to be a daily thing that, that, uh, that, if, that you've got to be in a place where you're asking him, so I need wisdom. I need to combat these lies. Doubt, doubt is just all lies. And, and those lies aren't just your lies. That's, that's, that's the, the evil one. That's Satan speaking into, into, into you as well. Uh, you, need to be, you need to be equipped. You need to be equipped in that relationship so that he can show you how you walk through it. Do, do either of you guys have any, any other specific like methods, steps, systems that, that you have in place that, uh, that the congregation might be, benefit from? So uh, the first thing that I do is I turn to Genesis. Uh, boom, boom I'm, I'm totally, I'm kidding. Oh. Yeah, he never turns to Genesis. Yeah, no. Uh, so, so really it's, um, for me, I, I just, I just, I immerse myself. Like if I'm, um, if I'm aware of that doubt, I immerse myself in, in God, um, through prayer, through, um, worship music. So worship music is great for me. It, it just kind of, it just kind of like, both spiritually and physically allows me just to stand up and I'm just ready to fight that doubt and, and fight that, fight those lies. Um, the other thing for me is, uh, is my wife. So, so she knows when I'm going through these, these moments of doubt and, uh, and she's able to, to speak into, into, into that, speak into my life in a way that, uh, just kind of helps me remove that filter. So, you know, and, and so for you, it's, 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 uh, it's either that or, or community. As, as Tim said before, you know, you, you get in, a, get in a, a grow group, get in a community, create those relationships, uh, and uh, surround yourself with, with people that you trust. I just recenter. So even oh, just moments of having the doubt, like the, the pitfall in my stomach, that feeling that I have, it's uh, just turning on some worship music and stuff. Even in Raise a Hallelujah, like you're going to sing louder than the unbelief. And that's not that it's not there. It's just that you're going to choose to to worship and seek him out. And for me, it really it really is just kind of like sitting on the parking lot some days and just turning some worship music on and having a a target of just being like, God, I don't know, but I'm just seeking you out in this. And it may not, I may not get the answer right then and there, but at least it's a, it's a refocus of where I'm going for the day instead of just walking in with a whole bunch of just crap and just feeling like it's a whole bunch of doubt and just telling people that they can't do something. I just used Tim's favorite word. <laughs> you can tell who I spend my time with. You are influenced by who you hang out around with. Show me your friends and I'll show you your yes. picture. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on on, on the crap that she just shared. Uh, so the so the worship song. So 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 I I took notes during worship this morning. Um, that sometimes it's just really easy to come in and sing along to the songs. You know the lyrics are up there. I don't have to think about it. I can just I can just sing them right. And and she and she referenced the same song that I wrote down that I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Death is defeated. The king is alive. That, that, that this verse, I'm going to sing in the middle of the storm. The storm is not the focus. The, the, the doubt is not the focus. The pain is not the focus. And, and, 
And the focus says, uh, death is defeated, the king is alive. He is the focus. That if, that if, you've, got, if, if you've got a worship song, I know my wife has scriptures, that, that she's got scripture when, when, she's, when she's struggling, Philippians, Philippians 4, 6, that, that she shared yesterday, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. That, that, that we've got God's word, that's our, that's our weapon. That, that we've, got, we've got the king, that's our, that's our focus. Um, if, if, if you don't have God's word and, and you're not focusing on Jesus, you're going to suffer more than, than he already promised that we're going to suffer. You're going you're to suffer for, for poor reasons, not necessarily for righteous ones. Um, you've you've, you've got to have some tools in your arsenal. You've got to have some disciplines. If, uh, if, you're, if you're disciplined to battle doubts, is showing up in church on Sunday morning, and that's it. You're, you're just doomed. It's, not, it's just nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. I'm assuming that you guys, your walk is a little bit, is, is not just Sunday morning. you got two services on Sunday morning, so you're doubly good, right? It's, it's a, if, if this is it, good grief, please don't let this be it. You know, don't let this be it. That, that, uh, You've you got to go, go to him first. Anybody else on that? Did they kill it pretty good there? Well, so he mentioned scripture. So if you just think about something that I think about is, is that uh, that passage, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, dot, 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 I fear no evil. But, but if you turn that, as I walk through the valley of the shadow of doubt, dot, 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 I fear no evil. It's, just, it's those, those little tiny nuggets that, that if, you just, if, you, if you dwell on those and you just, you just close your eyes, Put yourself in a posture of, of digestion or, or meditation on, on, on that. It's it will, it will bring you peace, and uh, peace in knowing that that God's there. Peace and scripture. Hold on a second. Peace. John fourteen twenty seven. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, uh, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. The focus goes back to Jesus. That's what that's what He has to offer. That's what He has to offer. We'll come back to that, but the next question here is, uh, how do you know you're hearing God's voice or something else? Does anybody have the, Jason, this is God. Does anybody have that? <laughs> anybody got the loud, audible God voice? I don't. Uh, mine is more um, situational, so I'm, I look across uh, different situations, different events in my life, um, and then... And then um, and then I'm in tune. I'm in tune to hear, you know, to hear audibly, or but also to hear spiritually. Um, but uh, but but I take that, um, and then and then dive into scripture and everything. You know, if it if if I have a piece about this and 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 it's like, this is the right choice or the right path. Um, usually, a lot of times it's it might it might suck. Like you're like, there's that door. It's open. God's still going to walk through. And, uh, and you're, you start questioning yourself, whether that is actually God telling you to walk through that door or, or if it's you telling you to walk through that door. Um, but that's, so for me, it's, it's, it's being aware of all of those little seeds that God's been planting, you know, in and around my life. And it's my wife. But, you know. Yeah, I can speak to this pretty well. You know, about five, a little over five years ago, you know, I was working on the road uh, for an antiques road show and and I started feeling just in my spirit that something was wrong, that the, the company was just getting weird and things were just not really going the right direction. And so I sat down one day and told Kyle, I said, you know, I just, I feel like I need to be done here and I'm not sure why. And, and of course, 
gave me the feedback, you know, pray about it. So I did. I, I kind of got away and prayed, and uh, and God, he dropped it in me and said, hey, you're, you're done here. Uh, and I said, okay, well, I uh, need more than that. Okay, where do I go from here? You know, at the time, I was the only one working, and so, you know, I had a family to provide for, and where do I go? And, and then he immediately came back and said, you know, well, you're going to be a creative director. And I said, more? And I didn't hear anything more. So I was like, okay, great. Now I'm going to go ahead and run with this because God's given me this and I'm going to run with it and do everything the way I need to do because I know this is where I'm supposed to be. And so I immediately looked into options and I had a buddy who had a, a company who uh, was looking to sell it. And so I bought his company, a sign shop and, and design place because I could be a creative director. Now that wasn't you know a position there. I, I manufactured this because this is what God told me to do. And so I started pushing that. And it was about five days after I, I bought the company that... Um, again, thinking this is what God meant by a creative director. And, and Pastor Aaron came to me and said, uh, he called me, and I didn't really know him at the time. We just went to the same church. He said, hey, I'm planting this church, and I don't really know you that well. I know you've done some stuff for the church, but for some reason, I just keep hearing your name, and, and I got your number from the pastor here, and he said that you're going to come with me and be my creative director. And I said, well, cool, that's awesome. And so I kind of started pursuing this, but I still thought, well, maybe this is what God means. And so I continued to push for five years you know, this vision of what I thought God had for me. And, you know, I thought that was God's voice. And door after door after door of this company just continued to get shut in my face. And we hit hardships and one after another. And, you know, business came and went. And it just kept keeping more clear in my spirit that God was pretty clear that this is what he wanted. And I still kept pushing my vision for what I was told. And, uh, and you know, and five years later, I was basically forced to, to close the company because it just wasn't working. And I realized it's just... God was pretty clear. He's, you know, he gave it to me in his time, and I couldn't wait five days to, to really see what that was. And so it obviously just created lots more junk in our lives if I would have just listened to it in the first place. And sometimes it'll be a, kind of an audible motion, and sometimes it's a giant hammer. I'll say one more thing, because, uh, you know, I don't talk this enough. is a fun story. <laughs> <laughs> because, so back in Genesis... Um, <laughs> No, uh, so, do you want me to tell that story? All right, so last year... Keep it brief. I'll, t- I'll keep it brief. I'll keep it until one and a half minutes. Cliff notes. Uh, so last year, I felt that God called me and my family uh, to help plant another church. So we, we, there was a church that was launching up in North Columbus, and, uh, and I felt that I was pretty sure God was telling me that, that we were going to go there and help, help launch this church. Um, so I kind of created this narrative in my mind that, that this is, this is truly God's call. This is where God's calling us. Um, kind of, kind of at the expense of my wife though, my wife, she was not getting that same call and she, uh, um, she was not thrilled about that because this is, this, this is our, at the time, this was our family. So, uh, I just kept, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a decent salesperson. So I kept selling it to her and, uh, and so we went. And um, I had peace about it because I created that narrative in my head, and she did not. Um, but we, we went anyways. And so um, through that time, she was still not, she was still, you know, unrest. She was not, she was not, uh, she didn't have any, any peace about that decision. And so, but what God told her was um, that this had to happen. That I had to learn something, and um, and as soon as I learned that something, God, um, I had peace about the decision. Danielle had peace about the decision, and God, I mean, what God told me was, 
it's time to go home. So here we are. So, so, so some of the highlight of the story is that uh, God is probably not just speaking to you in isolation. That, that when, it, when it comes to, especially within the relationships of, of marriage, that, that God's probably not going to just talk to your spouse and leave the other one out of the loop. Uh, that, that, there's, that there's unity there, that, that he sees you as one, and, and he's going to speak to you both. And, and when it comes to, to deciphering whether or not this is really what God is sharing, that, that there, there, there are some different benchmarks that, that you can look at, that, that if, you're, if, if God's telling you to do something that is clearly not scriptural, he's not telling you that. That, that you're probably telling yourself that. You're convincing yourself that that's, that that's like, well, I see that this is not what the Bible says, but I'm going to choose to go it anyways because I think God's telling me. Um, you're, you're probably making up that narrative. Uh, but, but then there's, so there's, there's going to him in prayer and scripture, but then there's also the, the, the people around you, the positive people around you, the, and, and not the people that are just like, yes, it's, it's positive, it's going, it's, it's people that can be honest with you. People that know God and know his word and are in prayer and love and are, are, and are concerned about you that, that can speak into your life, that can say, I don't think that's right. Did you have anybody sp- saying to you that you don't think, that they didn't think it's right? Everybody on this couch. Literally. Everybody up yeah. here. It was, it was everybody up here. It's like, I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. Those are great conversations. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what we need. Good grief. That's what we need. That, that you know, if I go back to... and to where I struggle with doubt, it's in isolation, that, that I, am, I am grateful for the people that are able to look at me, smack me up beside the head and say, what's going on? Is, is this really right? Is this, and, and they say it, you're not like, you've got to make the decision. They ask me that with the sarcastic way that I would. Is this really right? You know, you know better. You know better that we that we need those people that that there are there are multiple influences that that can help guide and inform whether or not we're really hearing from God or not. Um, you know, I wouldn't rest on on the negative influences that 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 the cow is referring to. That you've 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 got to be, you know, reasonable with with the influences that are coming around you. But um, you just can't do you, you can't do this on your own. And I don't believe that God desires for us to do this on our own. That's why you know, that's why He sent prophets. There are other people that are going to speak into your life. There are other people that are going to speak into your life. Um, any any other stories on on God speaking your life? And so yes. So, and I'm, I'm going to go back to Derek's uh, Derek's statement as well that that he was making up his own he was making up his own story. That that sometimes we can hear what God wants for us, and then we still we just kind of twist it into well, what that means is I'm going to go do this. That we're still looking for our answer, not necessarily paying attention to his answer, um, that we can, we can get bogged down in, in what I want, mm-hmm. what, what I want, and, uh, and, and it gets challenging. One, one of my stories at another church, our lead pastor stepped down, I was, getting, I was contemplating stepping up into the lead pastor role, my best friend was my worship leader, our worship pastor, we both want, it was like, we don't care, we, we would just lead, whoever needs the paycheck, whoever needs the title, doesn't, we don't care, let's just both go for it. And, and lead this congregation well. And in the process, his wife was possibly going to lose her job, and I didn't really know what that meant. And I was, I was going through Scripture, and I was, in the, I was in the verses where Jesus is talking to Peter, and Jesus is asking Peter, so do you really love me? And Peter's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Well, feed my sheep. And, and, and he has, he's got this repetition of questions. Do you really love me? Do you really love me? And I'm sitting there on those verses. Do I, 
well, yes, you know, I do really love you, Jesus. And he's telling me to feed his sheep, that I'm, that I'm reading this in through prayers, like, feed his sheep. It's like, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. But what about Dave? I want to know about Dave. What do you have for Dave? And I was stuck on those, on those couple of paragraphs of feed my sheep. Do you really love me? Feed my sheep. Yes, I do. And, and for like a month or so, I was focused on those verses. And if I had just read two more paragraphs, two paragraphs later, Peter goes to Jesus, well, yeah, but what about him? What about, what about John? And Jesus' response was, what does it matter to you what I have for John? I'm telling you this. And, and I had gotten stuck on what I got stuck on. I was hearing them, but then I just wasn't continuing on in the conversation. I got stuck. I got stuck. And, and I was like, oh, what does, it matter? what does it matter what he's got for Dave? And so I stepped up, and two weeks later, his wife lost his job, and they moved to Pennsylvania. But I made the decision, I made the decision in obedience before I, I was forced to. But I had to get past my getting stuck. Are you getting stuck? In, in your prayer, in your scripture reading, is there, a, is there another step that you need to take? Is there a, is there a level of where you, you just submit and it's like, okay, so I don't know exactly what this means. What's my next step? And finding the next step. Derek's life might have been a little bit different with the next step. However, along the lines of, of Laporte's story, that uh, you know, the process was for Laporte to learn a lesson. It was for Derek to learn a lesson. It was for me to learn a lesson. And, and their spouses got to ride along on that path too, in wonderful ways, that they grew. Dan Danielle's story is a great story to hear from the other perspective of, of, of faith and trust and hope. Okay. Next question. So we didn't get to this one on, on first service, but how do you handle doubting God's timing? Anybody have a problem with, with the timing of God? We want it fast, we want it now, we want the answers here, right? You guys struggle with God's timing? How do you respond to God's timing? Yeah, I think we all do. I mean, it's one of those things that we are, we are a culture of now. We're a culture of instant gratification, and there are so many times when what we want, we expect it. But, you know, there's, there's so many opportunities when, specifically what we just talked about, that if we learn to be patient, if I would have waited one week, I wouldn't have not wasted, but I wouldn't have got into a five-year situation that could have ended a lot worse And if I would have waited one week. And it's just waiting on God's timing. Um, it, it's, it, it's hard. It sucks at times, but there's just, how you handle it is just be patient. You know, if, if you feel something in your spirit, take a, take a day or two. Ask some friends that you trust. Ask the positive people around you, especially if you've got positive friends that are, that are always smiling, ask them about it. You know, if, it sounds silly, but it makes a big difference. If you surround yourself with negative people, the responses you're going to get are generally negative or it's going to, hey, just run with it. And that's, that's not always the right answer. Mm -hmm. if, if you need positive people in your life, look around this room. I know that when I'm dealing with something and I'm, whether I'm doubting or I'm, and I'm struggling with something, I know there's people I can call that are going to breathe life back in, into me, into my situation and just tell me that like you said, smack you upside the head, but in, in a great way. And I think that this, this is a great community to find that. She might hurt me for sharing this. Um, I was just thinking of uh, Karen Esther, one of our worship leaders. She and I had a conversation because she had joined the team. And as one of the worship leaders for Simple Church, I was working with her and we were sitting in the office and 
she was like, so, you know, what does this process look like when I get to start leading? And is it, it's not moving as fast as maybe I had hoped and everything. And I remember just sharing with her, like, you know, we're just going to trust the process and, and walk this out because I know you're going to position yourself and you're going to learn some things along the way while you get there. And if she had remained doubting, you know, not, it's not her skill set. It was just that time length of getting to that worship leader. I do not think that she would be the worship leader that she is today. Because that girl's got something going on. And if she had just been, like, wanting to just create her own narrative and just move faster, it's not because we were trying to hold her back. I was like, learn how to work with a band. Learn how to work with, you know, your people. Learn that music. You know, get really good at what you're doing. And that way you will have that not just influence because of what you are doing, but you will just have the skill set to be ready, you know, to just go. So, you know, that's something I think of, too, of, like, the conversations that she and I have had. And, um positioning that's a, a, a position is a term that I use a lot too because we, we, we do we want things now we want to get into leadership now we want to grow now we want to have all of that now and so I actually get the great joy of walking a lot of people through this and just explaining it's about like getting yourself developed and ready to go trusting that God has something for you and walking it out what he has and that can come with some doubt because you might see other people moving and shaping and shifting faster than you but what what is it like, what is it to you? It's exactly what Tim said. And so, sorry, Kara, for putting you on the spot, but it was just a, it was one of the brilliant reminders I had of just, you know, not, not continuing to doubt the timing that he has for you. Even if you don't have that answer, even if it's a no, it's a no for now. For me, it's, it's the reminders that I, that I can go through periods. This last year I went through a period was like three, four months of wondering what the heck was going on, you know, what I was supposed to be doing. And, and, and why the answer? Why won't the answer come now? And, and, and so I get into this funk, and these people can tell you about the funk that I was in. And, and, I can, and, and looking back, I can see this pattern of, of being in this funk. And then coming out of the funk, seeing, seeing the answer start playing out months after the, the process of, of struggling started, that, uh, that when I get to the other side, so for three, three four, five months, I'm just like, Cranky Tim, which for all of you would be normal Tim, um, that 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 I'm I'm this cranky Tim and 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 wondering what's going to happen. And then as I start coming out of it, as I start seeing what God's got planned, it's like, oh, oh yeah. And then I remember the last time that I went through this, I remember, I remember how He brought me out. And that oh yeah, the time before that, where I would get I would get stuck in the dark, stuck in the doubt, stuck in the lost. And forget, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm telling God what I want, but forgetting that at some point, his pattern has always been, there's another side. And it just doesn't happen on my timing. But, in, but in, the, in the funk, I'm just banking on my timing. Why can't it be my time? Um, and, and so there's a, there's a key of remembering, you know, that, that, that throughout Scripture we're called to remember. Um, when, when we remember that there, there are a lot of times that we can lift up a prayer request, we can pray for something, and then we walk away from it. How many times do we actually go back and reflect on how God answered the prayer? We lift it up, we keep on going. And, and if it works out, it works out, but we never, we never go back. We never go back and reflect and remember what, what he actually did or what the answer was or, or what the learning lessons are there. And every time I come out of the funk, it's like, good grief, why is it that when I'm in the funk, I can't remember now? Why can't I remember now? So my, my encouragement to you is remember. Think, think back and have conversations of how God has, has played his will out in your life. That you can under, that look back and see what the timing was. 
Because um, if we don't, we just won't, we won't pay attention to it while it's going on. We'll just be whiny baby people like, like I can be and, and wallow in that funk, right? Anything else on, on, on that question? We're going to start jumping into the last question here. Uh, so, so what he said about remembering, a good way to remember is to journal. I encourage you to journal. Yep. Write out, write out what you're, deal, you're working with or what you're working through, your, your, whatever issues you're, you're faced with, um, and, and, and how you felt during that time, and write out your prayer. And then, and then you can reflect back on it. You can, you can, you can see where you were and, and, uh, and sitting in, in, in God's timing. You can go back to it and see, wow, God actually delivered. God, God pushed through. I waited. I was patient. Those are testimonies. So, so in, in, in two weeks, we're going to be talking about sharing your faith. Those are testimonies that if you remember how God has moved in your life and how he, your life has changed because of it, those are testimonies. Your testimony is not just your salvation story. A testimony is any place that God was working that, that, that you saw some, sor- some form of transformation. Uh, remember those. Journal them. Write them out. Think about them. If you don't think about them, you'll never be prepared to share them. You'll never be prepared to share them. The opportunity will come and go. You won't even realize that it was there. Um, journal your testimonies. It's a, it's, a, it's a great practice. All right, so the last question we've got is, uh, should you ever be rapt- re-baptized? Is it doubting God if you do? Um, so, so I know, you know there are a number of people here at Simple Church that have been rebaptized. that they were baptized at one point and they decided to be baptized again. And it's not because the first baptism didn't stick. Um, my wife was baptized when she was uh, 11 and then when I was saved in 99, we were both double dunked at, at, uh, at the church that we were going to that, that she was in a different place. It wasn't that she doubted her salvation or doubted where she was back then. It was just that she, she got to a place of of growth and relationship with, with God and a relationship with me that was like, so I'm going to put the stake in the ground here. I'm not doubting my salvation before, but I'm going I'm to put the stake in the ground and make the statement here, this is who I follow. Have, you guys, have any of you guys been baptized more than once? Yes. I've seen someone, they were baptized in a, in a, in a crater lake in, in, what country was that? El Salvador. El Salvador. Um, and I watched my kids get rebaptized there because it was... It was, a, it was a special event. It was a statement. It was an opportunity to, 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 to confess and claim. And, you know, if, if you're wanting to get rebaptized every month, we'll probably have to have a different discussion. That's probably something else going on there. But, um, but we, we have absolutely no problem with people being rebaptized again uh, because it's, that's not the salvation experience. That, that if we're looking at, you know, even the, the verse of the day on, on the Bible app today was Romans 10.10, 10, that, that you're saved by confessing and believing, that that's confess and believe. Baptism's a step of obedience afterwards that, that you should do as, as soon as you possibly can afterwards, that, that that's what Jesus has called us to. But, but the baptism's not the, saving, it's not the saving moment. It's confessing and believing. It's, it's, it's our Father God who has given you the faith to be able to. It's, it's a gift from him. Um, so, so if you're somebody that, that wants to be rebaptized, uh, fill out the Connect card. Let us know. We'll have our baptism team talk to you because we'd love to hear your story. If you've never been baptized in the first place and you're a believer, fill out that card. Let's get you baptized. We do baptisms on the first Sunday of every month before and uh, be- after every, each service, every service, like there's more than two. Um, 
fill out your Connect card and get it back to the Connect Center and, and, and let's have that conversation and, and let's get to celebrate you with you and where you're, where you're making your stand. And, and this morning might be like, well, well I've, never, I've, never, I've never done the confess and believe. You know, last week we talked, Kyle talked about pursuing her husband and, and that's what God's doing to you, that, that, if, that if you don't know Jesus, Did I make it awkward? No. Was I, was I pointing to Jason? No. I'll just have to watch the video to see what's going on. I'm not paying attention to him. If, you know, God, God's pursuing you. God's pursuing you, and he wants you to pursue him. And, and this morning might be the opportunity to say, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept that pursuit. I'll, ex- I'll accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that this is, that this is my moment. We're going we're gonna to say a prayer. The prayer is not magical. It's just an opportunity for you to do just that. Confess. Confess and believe. Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. And, 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 then, and then take the next steps forward in faith. The next steps forward in obedience. We'll get to talk more about obedience next week. But, but know that, that, that this walk is, uh, is going to be completely easy and you're going to get everything that you want. Said Jesus never. <laughs> he said, you're, you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer because of me, and, and you're going to be blessed because of it. And, and here at Simple Church, you've got a, a community, a family that will walk with you. That you're not meant to do this on your own. That, that we, we desire for you to understand who you are in Christ and then, and then how to connect with the body of believers so that you can follow after what God's got planned for you. He's got something planned for you. But your first step this, this morning might be, I'm going to confess and believe. And if that's, if that's you... We're going to pray right now. So go ahead and close your eyes, bow your heads. Everybody pray together so that we're all in, in, in unity here. And, and, and this is for, for those that are confessing and believing the first time. And this is for those that are saying, like, I'm putting the stick in the ground. I'm, I'm walking, I'm moving forward from here. That I'm, that I'm going to follow after Jesus step by step today, starting today. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for pursuing me. Today, I begin my pursuit of you. I confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I believe he came to save me. And I'm going to follow after him. Thank you for the opportunity, Father. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.